Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And last night, I finished my two-month rice experiment. Now, just to recap, I got three identical glass jars, like you would use for typical canning type stuff, and filled each one with an identical scoop of Uncle Ben's rice. Sealed them up, nice little rubber seal, metal clasp, and put a label on the first jar that said love, and a label on the second jar that said hate, and a label on the third jar that said ignore. Put them side by side in my kitchen, and over two months from May 28th to July 28th of 2019, every time I would notice them, I would say really nice, beautiful things to the jar labeled love. Then I would say mean, nasty, terrible, insulting things to the jar labeled hate. And of course, I just paid no attention to the one labeled ignore. Now, what do you think happened when I cracked them open last night and looked at them? I'm going to tell you in a minute. And, and honestly, it surprised me. But before I get to the results, I want to point out a little background on like why I did this experiment. You know, one of my friends is Grandmaster Tom Cameron, who lives in Chicago. And over the years, we've been on TV together. We've done live events together. I interviewed him many times on uh, my show, Speaking of Strange. Uh, and he told me one time about an experiment that he sometimes does with his students. And I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was talking about chi and ki and projecting, you know, bioenergy. And I think he was saying that, you know, basically they would do something like take two containers of yogurt, you know, something that's easily influenced maybe by the, by bioenergy and, and do a similar thing where, you know, you, you say something nice to the one every day on the left and you say something mean to the one on the right and then you look at them later and they they look dramatically different you know and usually the one that you said loving things to looks healthier and so there are many different versions of this kind of an experiment and earlier this year this year a uh, a man named Eric came to the creepy Vegas ghost and UFO show here in of course Las Vegas Nevada and after the show we were sitting there uh, talking about a wide variety of strange things. And he was saying, well, yes, yeah, somebody has done this recently with rice and put a video on YouTube about it and got the same kind of an effect. And so I figured, you know what? I'm going to finally try this out. And one of the interesting things about rice is that there's not much to rice, really. It's mainly just water. It's kind of like the human body. You know, the human body is like 80% water or something like that. I mean, it's if you squished all the water and, and empty space out of a human being, I mean, you'd be about the size of a pea or a BB or something. I mean, there's not much to you. And the fact that rice is, is, is mainly composed of, uh, you know, fluffy water, uh, is, well, is, is a fluffy structure full of water, is uh, maybe especially suitable because people also often bring up Dr. Masaru Emoto, who of course was a Japanese researcher, no longer with us, who I think became really famous when the movie What the Bleep Do We Know came out, which is a great film. And what he was doing was uh, very similar. He would take water and uh, say really nice things to it 
and put loving things around it and then freeze it in that state so that he could solidify the way the molecules looked and then he'd do the opposite with another sample of water say mean things to it and freeze it in that state and then he would slice the water up into little pieces and photograph it and every time he had um, a slice of water where nice things were said you had these like beautiful little well like symmetrically formed snowflakes and then the one that had negative things said to it would have all these just really broken jagged weird disjointed shapes looked very very different so that was his way of combining art and science in order to presumably demonstrate that the human thoughts have an influence and especially when it just comes to something as basic as water and it makes sense because if you are mainly a water being then maybe you're able to send out some kind of a vibe for lack of a better word that influences other other collections of water which might be how you can influence the weather for example using something like cloud busting or organ i mean you're able to sort of telepathically connect well with with a cloud or some kind of uh, weather system because you're you know you're a water being and it's a water being and as a matter of fact you have to consider that when scientists are out there looking for life on other planets i mean that's the first thing they're looking for is water and especially liquid water that's how fundamental water is to this concept that we have of life and i interviewed dr masaru emoto he's no longer with us so i imagine i'm one of the few people who interviewed him here in this country because it required a translator uh, he called in from japan with a translator and again this was on speaking of strange and we had a great conversation and i actually was looking back to see if i could find a, a recording of that and you know it's kind of sad because um I, I did speaking of strange for many years before podcasting existed nobody had ever heard that and so i have a storage unit that somewhere inside of it has a box that is about waist high so heavy i can't even lift the damn thing and it's just packed with audio cassettes and i know it's sitting there degrading every day but this storage unit is kind of like the it's kind of like the facility at the end of raiders of the lost ark where you walk in and there's just boxes and boxes and boxes and it's very poorly labeled and organized and so i tried for like 30 minutes one day to find this box of these old interviews and i couldn't find it but i do want to if you'll indulge me if you'll indulge i just want to tell you for a moment um give you a list of some of the people that i interviewed back when i was interviewing people like crazy uh on speaking of strange and i tell you this because i think i think that if you're a serious interviewer you get smarter when you interview somebody you learn things and you're getting them direct from the source as opposed to just something that you snatch off the internet too many people these days call themselves a researcher because they took you know a, a minute or two to look up some shit on the internet listen to this list this is a partial list of some of the people that i have interviewed over the years in radio dr edgar mitchell who walked on the moon george nori of course uh host of coast to coast am gil gerard actor who played 
Buck Rogers on TV, one of my childhood heroes. The Amazing Randy, I interviewed him multiple times. As a matter of fact, Amazing Randy uh, actually came on my show, Speaking of Strange, is the first public time that he came out and admitted that uh, he's gay. Stanton Friedman, of course, recently passed. James Von Prague, medium. Dr. Cyril Wecht, forensics pathologist. Jim Mars, good friend of mine, no longer with us. Brad Steiger, good friend, never, he's, you know, he wrote all kinds of books, he's not with us anymore, Dr. Stephen Greer, Lauren Coleman, cryptozoologist and Fortean, uh, Lloyd Arbach, parapsychologist, Phyllis Galde, publisher of Fate Magazine, Patrick Weege, editor of The Anomalist, and some really good books about ghosts, um, let's see, Dr. William Roll, parapsychologist, he's no longer with us. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma. <laughs> that was I actually got to meet him in person in Asheville. That was really cool. Uh, of course, Dr. William Forston, good friend of mine, Will Forston. Uh, John Zaffis, the demonologist. John Hutchison, electrical experimenter. Dr. Raymond Moody, who is the near-death experience expert and, did, of course, developed the modernized psychomantium. Dr. Sally Ryan Feather. And who is uh, the daughter of J.B. Ryan, Ryan Research Center. Met her in person, very nice lady. Ray Buckland, magic author. I, I've, I've met so many of these people in person. Of course, Dr. Masaru Emoto, Dr. Robert Schock, the Egyptologist. Prophet Yahweh, who said he was uh, able to call down UFOs from the sky. Dean Radin, physicist. Dr. Andrew Nichols, parapsychologist. Daniel Cohen, prolific author of paranormal books, one of my favorites and a guy who influenced me a lot growing up. Glennis McCants, the numbers lady, she's the numerologist. Unknown Henson, of course the vampire hillbilly country western star. Paige Bryant, she's no longer with us, psychic expert on vortexes. Bill Burns, psychic counselor. Grandmaster Tom Cameron, Jeff Belanger, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, she just died a few days ago. David Ferrant, uh, of course, he investigated the Highgate vampire. Tim Beckley, good friend of mine. Paul Stonehill, Tim Swartz. Okay, now i got to pick up the pace. Charles Cosimano, Mr. Radionics. Nick Redfern, Dr. James DeMeo, Mark A. Hall, cryptozoologist. Karen Reese, psychic. Ed Waller, legal historian. Tom Biscardi, controversial Bigfoot hunter. Jerry E. Smith, expert on harp. Roger Hart, that guy actually fell off of Mount Everest and survived. Bob Kiviot produced the Alien Autopsy Special. Ruben Uriarte is a UFO researcher. Uh, Lori Bruno, descendant of Giordano Bruno, who was burned at the stake. Uh, I mean, God almighty, it just goes on. Marie D. Jones, Angela Moore, Mac Tonys, Verato, Yeva. I mean, I've interviewed so many people over the years. So again, thank you for indulging me because I look at stuff like that and I think to myself, wow, these are all people who taught me something and they taught everybody listening something. And so when I think about somebody like Dr. Masaru Emoto coming on the a program and letting me interview him after his work. It shows me just um, like how fortunate that I've been to think of life from maybe a slightly different point of view than the average person and to go out and do my own experiments. And so this is what happened with the Rice experiment. So, 
what do you think happened? One is labeled hate, one is labeled love, the other is labeled ignore. I videotaped the process of me filling these up and then videotaped the process of opening them. And here is the result. Now, first off, I will tell you that I, you can't really call this a scientific experiment exactly because they were in my kitchen and my house has numerous variables. There's a window here, there's an air conditioner there. I mean, it's not like they're going to be exposed to the exact same conditions. You could reproduce this in a more hermetically sealed environment, you know, in a glass case maybe, and you could you could get, get it closer to a, a real scientific experiment. But I just wanted to see if there would actually seem to be any kind of a difference because every time people do this, they say the one that says love, the one that you say loving things to, always is supposed to have the better outcome, right? It looks better, it looks healthier. So I cracked open the jar that said love after exactly two months, right down to the hour. And the rice inside, for one thing, Lauren and I both were surprised because it really didn't smell that bad. I mean, I smell. I took a whiff of it. It had a, a little bit of an alcoholic smell like it had been fermenting a little bit. But other than that, the rice was pretty white and fluffy. And some even had a little green on it. Like maybe, you know, I don't know if the sprouts or what. Were, and then there was a little bit of, you know, a little bit of weird slime or something like that on one side. But altogether, it still looked pretty darn good after two months. So I cracked open the jar that said hate. And this jar was notably different, okay? All the rice was really dark. It was very dark and tan. And it, it, it shrunk a little bit. And it smelled... Uh, it smelled putrid. It did not smell good. So there was a no, no, notice, a very obvious noticeable difference between love and hate. But then I got to the ignore jar, and that was the worst one of all. When I cracked that thing open, I mean, it was just like, ugh, it was, it was, there was just like slime, brown, nasty slime all over the bottom. And, and you can go and watch the video, and it smelled really, really nasty, really bad. And so, sure enough, considering that these three were treated equally when they were physically put in and sealed up, it, it, it's kind of astonishing when you, you see how different the one that love was projected at looks than the others. But the thing that really surprised me was that the worst one was the one that was ignored. See, I thought it would be the hate one. I figured, you know, when you're directing bad stuff, you know, cursing this this substance, that that's the one that is going to just look like a uh, terrible, rotten mess. But it turns out, in this experiment, it was the one that was ignored. And so maybe what that shows you and again this is the surprising part of this experiment if we are to to take it for what it appears to be it shows you that even if you're projecting love or hate at something the very fact that you are engaging with it may be more life-sustaining than just paying it no attention and and giving it nothing giving it nothing whatsoever 
And I have found throughout my life, you know, as a self-employed guy, a businessman and all that, that oftentimes that's your best policy. If there's something going on that you don't like, you just ignore it, you know, unless you have to address it. Because sometimes when you give something attention, whether that attention is good or bad, it still gives it energy. It still empowers it in some way. And if you can, you know, I, I know you can't live your life like an ostrich with your with your head in the sand, you know, that, that, that old adage or whatever. But if you are able to ignore something, you'll be surprised at how frequently it will just kind of vanish. It will just sort of disappear. It loses all sustenance and power and it just dissolves away now if you try that and it doesn't work well then finally you know you got to turn your attention to it and do something but i was really amazed just based on this at uh how that even love and hate did better than the one that was ignored if you want to see this video it's four minutes and, and you can see me there in in my kitchen here in vegas uh taking it from the beginning to the end you'll see me putting the rice in and sealing it up and then you'll see me two months later opening them and you can look at the rice and judge for yourself is this worthy of doing it in a more controlled fashion absolutely it is but what's funny is that every single person i've ever talked to who has any connection to an experiment of this kind basically says at least the same thing we all do it in different ways with different things but they always say the one that has love on it that you project love on and, and say nice, polite, flattering things, it always looks better. It's always healthier. So you just remember that. You just remember that when it comes to how you live your life and the things that you, that you choose to do with your life and how you project energy and vibrations and how people are going to perceive you and how that's all going to come back to you. All right, so just just think about that. Um, if you want to see the video, go to my Twitter account at Joshua P Warren at Joshua P Warren, and of course you can also just go to joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll find a little um, area there where I have my Twitter page kind of inserted in my web page, and you can click that. And you'll find the video there. That's how you can watch this four-minute video report. So anyway, very interesting, and uh, you know, I'll keep you updated on, on future projects. You know, I have many experiments in the work. In the works. Uh, okay. Next thing I want to tell you about is uh, they. Of course, you know, I'm speaking this October at the big Chicago Ghost Conference which is produced by Ursula Bielski. And I have spoken there numerous times in the past. I haven't been there in years, but it's it, it's top-notch. It's a five-star. I mean, it's, 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 it's as good as it gets, okay? The Chicago Ghost Conference is an excellent crowd of enthusiastic people. And uh, Ursula has announced the speaker's lineup, and uh, I just want to tell you what I'm going to be talking about. Because I'm very, very selective these days about accepting speaking engagements. And that's because I just have too many projects and too much experimentation. And if I travel, well, that's taking me away from the work that I'm doing. So here is what my program is going to be called. You know that show called This Is Your Life? Uh, 
So I'm going to do a program called This Is Your Afterlife. This is your afterlife. Here's the summary. With stunning images, after decades of research and experiments, Joshua P. Warren will tell you what he thinks will happen when you die. Now I know that you're thinking, oh my God, I want to hear this right now. I'm listening to your podcast. What do you do? Well, I, I, can't, I can't do that for you. I'd be spoiling it. So if there's any way you can make it to Chicago, again, the program is called This Is Your Afterlife. I'll be there, right there in front of you on stage with stunning images after decades of research and experiments Joshua P. Warren will tell you what he thinks will happen when you die and if you are capable of coming to the Chicago Ghost Conference then you should go to simply enough chicagohauntings.com chicagohauntings.com it's October 18th to the 20th chicagohauntings.com and I don't you know, honestly that this thing always sells out it always sells out. I'm not a hundred percent sure if they even have any tickets left I'm looking at it right now online to see if they even have tickets left and it looks like they do but I'm I can't be a hundred percent sure so I'll be doing that this October now you know you know how it is in October Halloween's coming up everybody's in the mood like ugh. Can you imagine can you imagine a more fun guy to hang out with than me right there in Chicago as Halloween is on the way and we if you can make it uh, look we're going to have fun I'm going to blow your mind you're going to blow my mind this is going to be good stuff Um tomorrow and the next day are very very busy days for me I have so much stuff going on that um, I'm going to have to jump off here in a minute, but I just want to tell you something. I got an email just before I started recording this podcast, and I want to read this to you. Uh, actually, you know what? This is a comment, because I, I've, I've posted a few interesting things on my Twitter account. You'll see if you go there. Um, I posted an example of what my new high-speed camera can do, slowing things down. I posted a really cool optical illusion of a dragon that Lauren assembled and shot and put on her Instagram page and and that's another thing I mean you may or may not realize that I I'm on Instagram as well so um if you look me up on Instagram if you're that kind of person you like looking at pictures you can you can follow along but I posted on YouTube this video of uh of me dropping this thing called a splat piggy and it's basically like a um it's a stress reliever. It's like a rubber ball that kind of, it's, they have little ears on it, so it looks like a little piggy. And it's full of some kind of liquid. It's extremely durable. I mean, so you're supposed to sit there and squish it and play with it in your hand. And then, of course, if you drop it and it hits the ground, it spreads out dramatically and snaps back into place. But it, you know, it, it does so, so quickly, you can hardly even see what, what it looks like. So I, I filmed a splat piggy. So, to give you an idea of, of what a thousand frames per second can do, um, basically it takes like two seconds and stretches it out into like a minute, you know, or, or a minute and a half. 
So I filmed this splat piggy hitting the ground, and you can it just looks really cool how it all spreads out and bounces around. You know, it's just typical slow-mo kind of stuff. But this guy did a public post here on the video named uh, Eric, and he says, Hey, Josh, I sent my friend your money sigil. Um, and, it, and, of course, now, if you, if you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll find these symbols that you can get for free that you can experiment with. You, you can put them on your phone or your, your computer desktop, or you can print them out, and you're supposed to stare at them throughout the day. And the experiment is to see if this actually increases wealth for you if you're using the money sigil. It's exposing you to the energy of wealth. He says, uh, I told him to put it as his computer desktop image. The guy goes on to say, he accidentally won $3,000 in a gambling app by pressing the wrong button. Then, a month later, he lands a job making almost double the money. So, you have nothing to lose, you know, if you go to joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P. joshuapwarren.com. You'll find the, the sigils there that you can print out and experiment with. You'll also find, of course, my Curiosity Shop. That's the most popular page. People love to go to the Curiosity Shop. And if you go there, well, right now, you can buy the Miraculous Prayer Board and wishing machines and all kinds of other interesting stuff that people write me all the time and tell me wonderful things about. The Curiosity Shop at joshuapwarren.com. Okay, like I say, busy week, uh, so yeah, I won't be able to leave you another podcast probably for a couple days, so that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious, and I will talk to you again soon.